right, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. Let me just go uh, quickly to, I got to pause this because I'm uh, playing that off the internet. So we're going to give us another shot with the uh, laptop follies I've been going through. It turns out my old laptop was um, defective and that was the cause of the on again, off again transmission. So I had to get a new laptop and uh, the sound on this one is excellent, uh, which is a good thing. But, uh, okay, are you hearing me okay, Dan? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, very good. It, uh, the sound is excellent on my end. So I'm just waiting for some uh, feedback. Uh, first of all, Telegram. We're live on Telegram also. And so uh, if there's anybody on Telegram, uh, let us know how the sound is, because we had sound issues last night on Yahweh's Covenant People. So uh, the only thing I don't like, this is uh, the Berliner Philharmonica, and by the the conductor is Dudamel. And I don't like the way he conducts it. Uh, almost everybody does it with a pull-off. You know, it's, a, it's supposed to be, go like, bom, 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 da-da. The first note is supposed to be really quick, and then you hold the second note. That's called a pull-off. And he goes, dun da, and that's not right. That's not the way the the, the composition was written. Okay, uh, I shouldn't tell a, a professional conductor how how to play the song, right? But that's the way it should be done. Almost everybody else. Okay, Mary says it sounds good. Very good. Thank you, Mary. All right, I think we're good to go. What we're going to do is Esther chapters two through the end, because two weeks ago when we tried to broadcast from Missouri, we were having on-again, off-again sound transmission. It turned out it was the laptop that was the problem. And so now we're getting ready to do that uh, book again and uh, with good sound. (laughs) All right, folks. Uh, The uh, sound issues on Eurofolk Radio hopefully are done with once I have this new laptop uh, completely set up i still have a few things to tweak but uh, so far it's so far so good as they say Uh, and as we say in the music business because i used to be a professional sound man for a band and a professional singer for 20 years so i know how to do sound mixing (laughs) right and uh, a lot of uh, uh what do you call it musical knowledge as well so that's why I was critiquing Dudamel's version of Also Sprach Zarathustra. I don't like the way he did it. All right. So anyway. All right. So let's I didn't go. I know to you book- did that. Eli. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For 20 years. You know, I often did wow. the sound for the band. Uh, you know, so it's just like this. You're supposed to be able to set the, set the sound settings and forget them. You know, if everything sounds good before the show starts, it should sound good during the show, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. you never know, you know, because what happens, especially in a live performance, is while one guitarist may turn his sound up louder than it was during the sound check, right? Because he wants to get that feedback, you know, and he wants that extra crunch, and that'll blow the whole thing. You got to reset everything, you know, because uh, you got to. Uh, mute all that uh, stuff that the uh, effects, you know. So it's a challenge. Mixing a board is challenges. Dan and I were talking before the show. I'm sure uh, who was that? Uh, uh, who was that broadcaster? Alex Jones. Yeah, I'm sure he pays professional sound people thousands of dollars to get the sound and keep it steady on his broadcast. But we're we're not paying anybody to do that. <laughs> all right. Okay. So l- let's get to it. We have, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, uh, and Brother Abra says, unless you get those dang updates that reset it. Yeah, and this computer wants to update everything right now, but, uh, but that only happens automatically when it's shut down, or, you know, it gives me a message, uh, uh, shut down and, and update, or restart and update. No, I can't do that. If I update now, it'll mess everything up. All right. So good to hear that everybody's hearing us loud and clear. And so we're going into the book of Esther. And uh, chapter two is where we're going to start. Hold on. There's a, there's an ad popping up in my e-sword. <laughs> okay. All right. Esther, chosen queen. I think we can get this whole chapter, or this whole book, because every chapter is very short. So over to you, Dan. 
Okay, chapter 2. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan the palace, to the house of the women, unto the custody of Hege, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. And let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. Oh, by the now, way, uh, uh, sorry, uh, the word fair, uh, it's it's like a, it comes from two different Hebrew words. One means, you know, attractive looking. Uh, that's Hebrew 2896, but H4758 is the typical uh Countenance fair, fair meaning white, okay, white skin, as you, every dictionary in the English language should have the very first entry for the word fair should be light skinned or white skin, okay, but they you know the dictionaries are now published by Jews, so they may have removed those <laughs> those definitions, maybe uh yeah, uh maybe um. If somebody has an old dictionary hand or any dictionary handy, they can let us know what the definition is in their current dictionary. Okay, back to you. Verse 5. Now in Shushan, the palace, there was a certain Judahite whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimi, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is, Esther, his uncle's daughter. For she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful. There's that word fair again. Yep. Whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house, to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him. And he, he speedily gave her things for purification, with such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens, which were meet to be given her, out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. <clears throat> Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Now when every maid's turn was come to go into King Ahasuerus, after that she had been twelve months, according to the manner of the women, for so were the days of their purifications accomplished, to wit, six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with sweet odors, and with other things for the purifying of the women. Then thus came every maiden unto the king. Whatsoever she desired was given to her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. Now it's a world! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I can't give you that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Please be sorry. Yeah. In the e in the evening she went, and on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women, to the custody of Shazgaz, Shashgaz, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus, into his house royal in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. <clears throat> and the king loved Esther, above all the women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. 
so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, then Mordecai sat in the king's gate. <clears throat> Esther had not yet showed her kindred nor her people, as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther did the commandment of Mordecai, like as when she was brought up with him. Okay, now this should, it should be pretty evident from this statement that there wasn't much facial difference between the Syrians, you know, who uh, you know, it was the uh, Medes and Persians who overthrew Babylonia, uh, that because the, they're Aramaeans, that uh, their facial features uh, resembled the Israelites almost exactly. They were pure white people with Aryan facial features. So uh, the, the king would not have noticed any difference between her and, and the other women who were Persians. Okay, now this uh, this goes flies in the face to common understanding because Esther was not a Jewess; she was an Israelite of Shemitic Hebrew extraction. She did not have a hook nose like the, the common you know Jewish facial features. She looked just like the other women because they were all Hebrew Shemitic Aryan Israelites. Back to you, or well, not Israelites, but Hebrews. Okay, back to you. Verse twenty-one. In those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthan and Teresh, of those which kept the door, were wroth, and sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when an inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. Very in interesting. Yeah, I wonder if Big Than and Teresh were allies of Haman, because uh, uh, they had a different plan, and maybe that's why they were wroth, well, that's why they were angry, but it doesn't give us that detail. Okay, chapter 3. Chapter 3. After these things did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, and advanced him, and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. For the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand, for he had told them that he was a Judahite. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then Haman was full of wrath. And he, sought, and he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore, Haman sought to destroy all the Judahites that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. In the first month, that is, the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast Pur, that is, the lot, before Haman from day to day, and from month to month to the twelfth month, that is, the month Adar. And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed. And I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. And the king took his ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the Judahite's enemy. And the king said unto Haman, The silver is given to thee, the people also, to do with them as it seems good to thee. Then were the king's scribes called on the thirteenth day of the first month. And there was written according to all that Haman had commanded unto the king's lieutenants and to the governors that were over every province and to the rulers 
of every people of every province according to the writing thereof, and to every people after their language. In the name of King Ahasuerus was it written and sealed with the king's ring. <clears throat> and the letters were sent by post unto all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Judahites, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, even upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people, that they should be ready against that day. The post went out, being hastened by the king's commandment, and the decree was given in Shushan the palace. And the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city Shushan was perplexed. In the three. Perplexed? Wow, what's going on? What's this order to kill all the Judahites, huh? Wow. Uh, but, uh, you know, the same thing is happening today. It's, it's called the, uh, the great reset, right? Yeah. yeah. COVID. Uh, they're killing all of us Israelites and the entire white race if they can do so, right? That's really what this is all about. So it's all happening all over again. Now the word pure or pur is, uh, the feast of Purim is the Jewish feast where they do the bloodletting. Throughout history, the Jews have uh, ritual murder, bloodletting of Christian children uh, to make their matzo balls and stuff, right? And uh, that's what the Jews celebrate, okay? Uh, I've been doing a show, a show about Arnold Lees and the books he has written. He did a book called Jewish Ritual Murder, where he documented the uh, historically all the accusations against and the trials against Jews who have been caught uh, bloodletting uh, Christian children. So uh, you know, he's really uh, persona non grata historically among the Jews. So his work really needs to be read by all white Christians. So, uh, yeah, Feast of Purim is when the uh, Jews, you know, uh, how should I put it? They celebrate the death of non-Jews, you know, openly. Okay. All right. Chapter four. Satan's children hard at that's, work, right? That's right. Yeah, they're busy. That's the only work they do. <laughs> us, right? With enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Chap chapter 4. When Mordecai perceived that all was done, perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out into the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. And came even before the king's gate, for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was a great mourning among the Judahites, and fasting, and weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and her chamberlains came and told it her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved, and she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him, but he received it not. Then called Esther for Hattach, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend upon her, and give him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. So Hattach went forth to Mordecai unto the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Judahites to destroy them. Also, he gave him the copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan to destroy them, to show it unto Esther, and to declare it unto her, and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him, and to make requests before him for her people. And Hatach came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Again, Esther spake unto Hatach and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called. There is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these 30 days. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. 
Then Mordecai commanded to, es to answer Esther, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Judahites. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Judahites from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Well, okay, so uh, the uh, king... Uh, if, if he finds out that she's a Judahite, he would have to have her killed too, wouldn't he? Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, Mordecai is telling us, so you gotta act now. Okay. And mm -hmm. you can't, you can't wait. Please continue. Verse 15. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather together all the Judahites that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. End of chapter four. Okay, so it's obvious that Esther here is cognizant of the fact that as an Israelite, she is not to mate with a non-Israelite, although it's uh, it's not forbidden for us to intermarry with other Adamites, but uh, her offspring would not be considered Israelites, and so she's she's very concerned about violating Yahweh's law. Do you think a Jewess or a Canaanite would be inter would be worried about that? Nope, no, not at no all. Way. Not at all. So this, again, is more proof that Esther is a Judahite, or in, in actual fact, a Benjaminite, and not a Jew. Okay? So you know, the close reading of the book of Esther proves that you know she is a Judahite, not a Jewess, and that you know, everybody has this wrong. Because why? Because of this word Jew, which you yep, are correctly— That one word throws the yep. entire thing off if you don't— right. Yeah, and it should always be, right, also be Judahite, never Jew. All right, chapter 5. Chapter 5. Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house, over against the gate of the house. And it was so, when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then the king, then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good unto the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is... If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king has said. Then went Haman forth that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. A Judahite should never bow before a Jew. Never. Okay, back to you. Yep. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself. And when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him promoted him, and how he had advanced him above the princes and the servants of the king. Haman said, moreover, 
Yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king unto the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow I am invited unto her also with the king. Yet all this availeth me nothing, so long as I see Mordecai the Judahite sitting at the king's gate. Then said Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made of fifty cubits high, and tomorrow speak thou unto the king, that Mordecai may be hanged thereon. Then go thou in merrily with the king unto the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, and he caused the gallows to be made. End of chapter 5. Okay. Do you think the uh, the prophecy of Genesis 3.15 of the enmity between these two seed lines is operating here? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Chapter 6. Chapter 6. On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay king lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor and dignity has been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, There is nothing done for him. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was come into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's servants said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighteth to honor, let the royal apparel be brought which the king used to wear, and the horse that the king rides upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all whom the king delights to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste and take the apparel and the horse as thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Judahite that sits at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. Then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delights to honor. And Mordecai came again unto the king's gate, but Haman hasted to his house mourning and having his head covered. And Haman told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Zeresh, his wife, unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Judahites, before whom hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. Oh. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains, and hasted to bring Haman unto the banquet that Esther had prepared. End of chapter 6. All right. Here, come with me, sir. <laughs> All right. So, so Haman got a big surprise there, didn't he? Oh, man. Oh, man. He thought he was going to be the one to be honored. Yeah, right. As it shall be at the judgment day, too. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yep. Chapter 7. Chapter 7. So the king and Haman came to banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed, even to the half of the kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue 
although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king, Ahasuerus, answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he, and where is he, that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king, arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath, went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for he saw there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine. And Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. Then said the king, Will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbona, one of the king's chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, stands in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. In the poetic, poetic justice par excellence. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like we're going to probably finish early today because, uh, you know, today is pretty much a test of my new laptop. So l- let's get uh, these last three chapters in and we'll quit early today because, uh, uh, it's, it's good that we get this on the record. Okay. Very good. All right. Chapter eight. Okay. On that day, did the king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman, the Judahite's enemy, unto Esther the queen? And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was unto her. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. And Esther spake yet again before the king, and fell down at his feet, and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman the Agagite, and his device that he had devised against the Judahites. Then the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king, and said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and the things seem right before the king, and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Judahites, which are all in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Then the king Ahasuerus said unto Esther the queen and to Mordecai the Judahite, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him they have hanged upon the gallows, because he laid his hand upon the Judahites. Write ye also for the Judahites, as it liketh you, in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name, and sealed with the king's ring, may no man reverse. Then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month, that is, the month Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof, And it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Judahites and to the lieutenants and the deputies and rulers of the provinces, which are from India unto Ethiopia, a hundred and twenty and seven provinces, unto every province according to the writing thereof, and unto every people after their language, and to the Judahites according to their writing and according to their language. And he wrote in the king Ahasuerus' name and sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters by posts on horseback, and riders on mules, camels, and young dromedaries. Wherein the king granted the Jews, Judahites, which were in every city, to gather themselves together, and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Upon one day in all provinces of King Ahasuerus, namely upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar. 
the copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province, was published unto all people, and that the Judahites should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their enemies. So the posts that rode upon the mules and camels went out, being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment. And the decree was given at Shushan the palace. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white, and with a, a great crown of gold, and with a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. The Judahites had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Judahites had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Judahites, for the fear of the Judahites fell upon them. Okay, In so eight. yeah, very good. So the word uh, be, uh, where it says uh, many people of the land became Jews, that's a different word. That is Yahad. It's not Judah. It's Yahad, which means to Judaize. Okay, so many of the people of the land who were not Judahites pretended to practice uh, Mosaism. <laughs> I almost said a wrong word there. Pretended to In other practice. Words, they, they were pretending to take on their their traditions and uh, right practice of the of, of the of Judahites. Portion. So, because so, there's no way if they're not Judahites, they can't become Judahites, right? Right. You can't change so, your race. <laughs> right. Right. So, and just a bad translation. It should say Judahites, and many of the people that became Judaized uh, from their perspective, right, uh, became. Uh, uh, converted or pretended to practice Mosaism, the religion of the Judahites. Okay, so again, here's an example of how the King James version fails to clarify things. All right, chapter nine, and I think we have that happen today too. I bet there's some uh, people who oh, are call themselves Christians who really aren't or, or pretend to be. You right. know, Jews who were oh. in disguise, in other words. Yeah, yeah, like the the whole Hebrew roots movement. They, they want to become <laughs> Jews, right? Yeah. Well, they can't do that, and the Jews don't practice Christianity anyway. So, why in the world? You know, it's like Satano Christianity, the Judeo Christianity. There's no way that right. you can be blended together. But you know, unfortunately, the Judeo Christians believe it can. All right. Yeah, and they're waiting. What the uh, uh, the, the red heifer? There, uh, you know, this non-biblical prophecy coming from the Talmud. They're, they're hanging on the, these Jewish prophecies and that the Jewish Messiah is coming. The billboards are all over New York State. And even I even saw the billboards in uh, Missouri, uh, some rabbi saying the Messiah is here, right? And, uh, you know, which is just proof that they don't accept Yahshua. Right. 100% proof, you know, they don't accept Yahshua. Uh, how can these Christians not get this? But they don't. You know, it's amazing. I always find it funny when I hear the word Judeo-Christian. That's like saying black-white. Yeah, that's right. The oh. two are as different as night and day. Judaism yeah. and Christianity are so polar opposite. You know. Yeah, and, and many rabbis have even admitted that. There's no way. But it's it's a good word to fool Christians with. To make them mm -hmm. think there's a relationship between the two when there is not. It's still, it's, that's part of the enmity of Genesis 3.15, that there are these two worldviews, you know, one held by Jews, one held by the descendants of Adam, that cannot be reconciled, absolutely cannot be reconciled, and there will be perpetual strife until the judgment day comes when Yahshua will destroy the Edomites once and for all. And we will finally have peace on this planet. All right, chapter 9. Chapter 9. Now in the twelfth month, that is the month Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution, in the day that the enemies of the Judahites hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary that the Judahites had rule over them that hated them, the Judahites gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus to lay hand on such as sought their hurt, and no man could withstand them, 
for the fear of them fell upon all people. And all the rulers of the provinces and the lieutenants and the deputies and officers of the king helped the Judahites because the fear of Mordecai fell upon them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house and his fame went out throughout all the provinces. For this man Mordecai waxed greater and greater. Thus the Judahites smote all their enemies with the stroke of the sword and slaughter and destruction and did what they would unto those that hated them. Okay, and let me Jushin, interrupt here. Sorry, uh, because if if Mordecai's name was so famous as the as these verses state, then it should be it should be evident uh, in the records of the Medes and Persians. Uh, this name Mordecai should be recorded in their you know uh, what do you call it their secular records. So mm -hmm. you know, I'll I'll do a search on that see if I can find that. That should be the case. All right, back to you. Verse six. And in Shushan, the palace, the Judahites slew and destroyed 500 men. And Parshandatha and Dalphon and Aspatha and Paratha and Adalia and Aradatha and Parmashta and Arasai and Aradai and Vajisatha, the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamadatha. Good Hamadatha, job. The you you, of the you nailed all those names. Very good. <laughs> The enemy of the Judahites slew they, but on the spoil laid not they their laid they not their hand. On that day the number of those that were slain in Shushan the palace was brought before the king. And the king said unto Esther the queen, The Judahites have slain and destroyed five hundred men in Shushan the palace, and the ten sons of Haman. What have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is thy petition, and it shall be granted thee? Or what is thy request further, and it shall be done? Then said Esther, If it please the king, let it be granted to the Judahites, which are in Shushan, to do tomorrow also according unto this day's decree, and let Haman's ten sons be hanged upon the gallows. And the king commanded it so to be done. And the decree was given at Shushan, and they hanged Haman's ten sons. For the Judahites that were in Shushan gathered themselves together on the fourteenth day also of the month Adar, and slew three hundred men at Shushan. But on the prey they laid not their hand. But the other Jews, Judahites, that were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest from their enemies and slew of their foes seventy and five thousand but they laid not their hands on the prey. On the thirteenth day of the month Adar, and on the fourteenth day of the same rested they, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Judahites that were at Shushan assembled together on the thirteenth day thereof, and on the fourteenth thereof, and on the fifteenth day of the same they rested, and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Judahites of the villages that dwelt in the unwalled towns, made the fourteenth day of the month Adar a day of gladness and fasting, feasting, and a good day, and of sending portions one to another. And Mordecai wrote these things, and sent letters unto all the Judahites that were in all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the fourteenth day of the month of Dar and the fifteenth day of the same yearly. As the days wherein the Judahites rested from their enemies, and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, and from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy, and of sending portions one to another, and gifts to the poor. And the Judahites undertook to do as they had begun, and as Mordecai had written unto them, because Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of all the Judahites, had devised against the Judahites to destroy them, and had cast pure, that is, the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he had devised against the Judahites, should return upon his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Wherefore, they called these days Purim, after the name of Pur. Therefore, for all the words of this letter and of that 
which they had seen concerning this matter and which had come unto them, the Judahites ordained and took upon them and upon their seed and upon all such as joined themselves unto them, so as it should not fail that they would keep these two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time every year, and that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city, that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Judahites, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Then Esther the queen, the daughter of Abihel, and Mordecai the Judahite, wrote with all authority to confirm this second letter of Purim. And he sent the letters unto all the Judahites, to the hundred twenty and seven provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus, with words of peace and truth, to confirm these days of Purim in their times appointed, according as Mordecai the Judahite and Esther the queen had enjoined them, and as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the matters of their fastings and their cry. And the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim, and it was written in the book. End of chapter 9. I can see it. I can see it in my mind's eye. A row of people hanging on the gallows, starting with Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, (laughs) uh, who's who's, uh, George Soros, Harari, Rothschilds, uh, mm-hmm. Trying to come up with trying to come up with ten names, <laughs> ten Jews hanging on the gallows. Oh, who's, We're gonna, who's the guy that, that was the the instrumental in all that COVID? Uh, what's his name? That oh well, uh, we could oh yeah, uh, Fauci. Fauci, that's it. Right, yeah, yeah. Fauci. Uh, you know, you, you come up with four names, everybody. <laughs> we we we, <laughs> we look visualize that gallows. Uh, yeah, all the late night Jew hosts, right? The show hosts and, uh, <laughs> and, and the Pfizer executives, you know, the, oh yeah, well, the Rockefellers. I don't know if the Rockefellers started out as Jews, but they became Jews. There's no doubt about that, et cetera, et cetera. So picture that in your mind's eye for the judgment day. We want to see 10 famous Jews hanging on the gallows all lined up, right? The Karens and the Darens, yes. All right, last chapter. Here we go. Chapter 10. And the king Ahasuerus laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea, and all the acts of his power and of his might, and the declaration of the greatness of Mordecai, whereunto the king advanced him. Are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Judahite was next unto king Ahasuerus, and great among the Judahites, and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seas. All right, very good. Now, isn't this exactly what happened to Daniel? Even though mm-hmm. Daniel refused to bow to the king and refused to eat the cuisine of Babylon, nevertheless, Daniel became second in command of the kingdom of Babylon appointed by the king. Same thing happened to Mordecai. So this is what happens if you obey Yahweh's laws. All right, you can it also reminds of... me of the three uh, Hebrew, who was it? Oh. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who refused to um, follow the king's orders. Yes. Um, yes. And, I don't uh, know if they were promoted high, but I mean, they were, their lives were spared. Yes. Yes they, yes, they were. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Daniel says anything about them being promoted, but nevertheless, yeah. So, and if if Yahweh says if you keep my laws, He will protect you. That that He means what He says, right? That's Book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, you will. He will protect you from your enemies if you obey His laws. If you don't obey His laws, then it's hit and miss, right? So, so you're mm-hmm. taking your chances if you don't obey His laws. Okay. Now, one final note that. uh Haman, uh, the Agagite, King Agag was the king of the Amalekites. So he's definitely of the Canaanite tribe of Amalek, the, the most mm-hmm. hated 
and bitter enemies of the Israelites and, of course, of the Judahites. Again, this just goes over the heads of the Judeo-Christians who gloss over the verses of the scriptures. And, you know, you have to know who's who and who's Jew. If you don't know you who's, to. you have to. And if you don't study that, then you're going to be confused until the judgment day, at which point you will probably not pass the test. You will not advance into the kingdom, right? You will be counted as an Edomite, a hater of your own people, because you have swallowed Jew lies. All right. It's kind of like watching a movie and not knowing who the good guys are yeah, or who right. the bad guys are. Yeah, know? the bad guy is wearing the white hat. <laughs> and the good guy's wearing the black hat. And yeah. uh, you're all confused. Right? Exactly. Th that's, yeah. that's how it is. All right. Okay, folks. Uh, we're going to end it uh, today early because we just wanted to get this uh, Book of Esther on the record with the proper understanding. So, uh, Dan, thank you for a great reading. You didn't stumble over any words, <laughs> which is difficult to do, especially with the, uh, um, the grammar. The, uh, the verbs and nouns are often reversed in Hebrew and the translation as well from you know, spoken English and most written English today, too. So excellent job on that. And uh, we finally got uh, a, a clear recording of the Book of Esther on the record. So thanks for listening, everybody. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. Take care, everybody. And uh, yeah, take care. Yahweh bless. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.